Good morning, church. You're probably wondering what the canoe paddle's about. David, are you wondering? You think this is for you? <laughs> I'll get to it in a minute. As a part of my seminary education, at the very end, you do a one-year internship. It's a, you go on staff, you write papers. It's a learning experience. It's on-the-job training. Well, my assignment was Pine Bluff, Arkansas. Now, I'm a Texas boy, and <laughs> going, moving to Egypt, I mean, I mean Arkansas, was, was, was a challenge. I didn't know anybody. I didn't know the state. Second Sunday at the church, I met what became a lifelong friend, fellow preacher's kid. We had a lot in common. One of the things we had in common was the outdoors. We both loved the camp, the backpack, uh, to adventure. One of the things that Tony loved was to canoe. Now, I wasn't a very good canoeer, but he spent a lot of time teaching me, and we had a lot of fun together. The lessons of that canoeing, in many ways, re relate to what we're going to look at in Philippians. Because here's what I learned. Always wear a life jacket. You never know what's up ahead. Listen to the guide, the master canoeer, who's doing the, the, uh, the, the guiding of the canoe. Third, don't ever look back. You look back, you go off course. Fourth, keep your eyes on where you want to go. If you look at the rock, you're going to hit the rock. And finally, when you're in the rough waters, get down on your knees. That's the most stable position when the water gets rough. Over the next few weeks or months, we're going to start to get back to normal, or at least, well, at least what we can call normal. Dr. Fauci in his uh, briefing says it's not going to be like turning on a light switch. And we don't know what the new normal is going to be. There's a lot of things we hear, but do we really know? Will things really get back to normal? These times of in between what was before we were separated and what will be after this is all over is unsure. It's stressful. It's challenging. This morning, in looking at Philippians chapter 3, and is looking back on those days of learning how to canoe, I want us to look together of what it would be to navigate those rough, white waters ahead of us. Trusting, depending on the Master, guiding our lives, putting our trust in Him. Looking forward to where God is taking us. And staying on our knees. Let's pray. Lord God, may the words of my mouth and may the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. For every word that I don't speak, I pray that you would fill in the gap. And that every word that I do speak, that it would be yours. I give you all the praise and all the glory. For I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Take your Bible and turn with me to chapter 3. And let's start a, a systematic journey through this passage. I want to start with Philippians 3.8. 
I regard everything as lost because of the surpassing value of knowing Jesus Christ my Lord. I regard everything as loss, or I regard everything as garbage. Paul was willing to put his entire trust in, in Christ Jesus. For Paul, Jesus was his life jacket. See what he says? He says, I regard everything as loss, and I value knowing Jesus Christ. And remember, when Paul writes this letter... He's waiting to be executed. He is probably in the Mamertine prison there in Rome. It was a horrific sewer of a, of a prison. In many cases, the prisoners who were awaiting execution died of starvation or exposure. And yet, even though Paul had every reason to complain and whine, what we hear in his letter to the church at Philippi are words of hope, encouragement, joy, expectation. Paul could see beyond the now to the future that God had in store for him. Here's what else he says. In verse 10 he says, I want to know Christ and the power of His resurrection and the sharing of His sufferings by becoming like Him in His death. When Paul says, like becoming like him in his death. He's not wishing for death. Paul is making a connection to the, the resurrection of Jesus. Like Jesus in his death. What was Jesus in his death? Jesus defeated death. Jesus overcame death. Jesus was resurrected from the dead. Paul is claiming Jesus as his guide and direction. Paul's put him in the back seat of the canoe and put his whole trust, obedience in Christ Jesus to be like him in his death that Jesus might lead him and us through what is to come. And then next, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Paul knew that even in his death that there was the offer and the glory of eternal life and eternal reward. In, in Christ, there was nothing beyond his reach. Paul knew that in trusting Jesus, that, that his whole life was, was, was cared for. And though his circumstances were awful, he could have hope. He could look ahead. He could depend on the power and the direction of Christ Jesus. He continues on. He says, but this one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind. You know, that's a forgiveness passage. That's what it is, forgetting what lies behind. Forgetting what... And, you know, it's important to learn from our mistakes. I'm not saying we shouldn't do that. It's important to learn from our mistakes, to see what we've done wrong, to correct our behavior. But if we focus on it, if we get, if we get obsessed with it, we end up doing it over and over again. You know, the past is too late. Who cares? Look to the next set of rapids. You know, I, as a preacher's kid, uh, the worst thing about being a preacher's kid, and David knows this, is that you moved every three to five years. And, and so you had to make a new set of friends. 
it was, it was terrible. It was disruptive. I can remember my freshman year in high school, the click of my heels as I walked up those steps to that high school for the first time. I was scared to death, and I was praying, Lord, just don't let them see how scared I am. But the best thing about being a preacher's kid is that you move every three to five years. You move every three to five years. And so the new friends don't know the stupid things you did in the school that you just came from. God's like that. Through Jesus Christ, God doesn't remember the past. We can leave it behind. And if God can forgive us, why can't we? The past is the past. In canoeing, if you look back, the canoe immediately goes off course. You know, I, I love sports. Those who know me well know that I, no matter what the sport, I love it. And, and even if you don't love sports, you've heard the stories or seen the clips of that track star or basketball player or football who's about to score or win a race, and they look back. And they stumble and they fall. Don't look back at the failures Look forward. Babe Ruth, one of the greatest baseball players to ever play the game, uh, held the home run record for years and years until they expanded the season and made it possible through the designated hitter for players to play even longer. And his record was broken. But you know what other record he held? Strikeouts. Winston Churchill says this. He says, success is the ability to move from one failure to the next. Abraham Lincoln, one of the greatest presidents, and I believe was the greatest president that our nation has ever seen. He failed in business twice. He lost his first love to typhoid fever. From 1838 until 1858, he lost eight different elections for different positions. But in 1860... He was elected president. He didn't let the failures of the past affect where God was taking him and the work that was before him. What Paul is saying is that our future depends on following where God is leading us out of whatever the past may be. And it may be a new future. It may be a different one. We may grieve what we have lost, but let us, not be, let us not be defined by our past. Let us be defined by our future. Paul continues. And this is the best part for me. He says, but this one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the heavenly call of God in Christ Jesus. I press toward the goal. In canoeing, you follow the directions of the master canoer. When they say paddle on the right, you paddle on the right. When they say paddle on the left, you paddle on the left. You keep your eyes on the direction that is being taken. You press toward that goal. 
And you keep your eyes off the rocks. Because if you focus on the rocks, you end up hitting the rocks. You go where you focus. I press toward the goal, says Paul, for the prize of the heavenly call of God in Christ Jesus. Let us focus on that prize, on that goal. Let us keep our eyes, no matter what is before us, on what God has in store for us. Skipping down really later than what Rachel read for you in Philippians 4, Paul shares something that is at the core of his faith in every letter that he writes. Here's what he says in 4 verse 6. The Lord is near. He believed that. Do not worry about anything but in everything. By prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. The most stable position in a canoe is on your knees. Uh, it's not the most fun position. You're sitting up on the, uh, on, the, uh, uh, on the seat where you're up high where you can see is the most fun position. But when you're in the rapids, you get down on your knees. It lowers the center of gravity of the canoe and allows the, the master to give better direction. When, when you get down on your knees, the master can see better the future that is before us because we have given up our will and given it over to God. Paul says, in everything by prayer, let your request be known to God. Everything. Make sure you got your life jacket on. Let the master... Set the direction. Don't look back. Keep your eyes on where God is leading and get down on our knees when the waters get rough. Over the past couple of weeks, I've been watching, last month, I've been watching different worship services on, on, online. We've just started this. And so I wanted to see those churches that have been doing it for a while how were they doing online worship? What were they doing? What, what kind of approach did they take? Last week, a pastor made a comment that stuck with me. He said that we are 20 inches between, we are 20, we are 20 inches away from surrendering to God. There's 20 inches on average between our knee and the floor. Between our knee and the floor. Getting on our knees is surrender. It is giving up control. I got to tell you, that's tough for me. You know, almost every afternoon, I'm watching those briefings from Washington. I'm trying to figure out where this is going. I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to figure it out so I can control my own life and what I might do. I'm, you know, I, so that I can call my kids and that I can that I can make decisions for the church. I want to be in control. But what I've learned is that I don't so much need to be in front of the television watching those briefings as I need to be on my knees. These are turbulent times. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, after he'd eaten the Passover meal with his disciples, 
He taught us how to pray in tough times. He took his disciples to the Mount of Olives, and at the, in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus showed us surrender. He took that 20-inch journey, getting down on his knees before the Lord. And the prayer that he prayed was different than ours. We pray for what we want. We let it all before God. But here's what Jesus said. He said, if this cup can pass from me, yet not my will but yours be done. If, yet. In so many ways, we're caught between the if and the yet. Paul says, let our requests be known to God. Let us in this moment, let our requests be known to God. Oh God, if it be possible for my family, for my job, for my business, for, for my friends, for those who are alone, for those who are sick, for those first responders, for, those, for, those, for our public officials, for our nation, for our world, if it be possible, oh God, yet not my will, but yours be done. I don't think God is going to desert us. I think God is in the midst of this bringing new things. And so let us pour out our hearts before God and use that formula, if, oh God, if for my family, if, yet, not my will, but yours be done. Join me, will you? And maybe in these moments you want to get down on your knees or, or just put your feet flat on the floor. Just lay out your hands. Maybe you want to lift your eyes up to heaven or bow your head. And as you breathe, breathe in the Holy Spirit. Bring it, breathe in that peace and breathe out all of self. Breathe out that control and take into your heart the presence of Jesus Christ. And pray, Lord, I now lay before you all my desires, all my needs. I just lay them before you in this prayer. My family, my kids, my parents, my loneliness, my work, my business, our leaders, our nation. Lord, I lay it all before you. Yet, oh God, the God who sees the future, the God who finds the way forward, the God who knows where all the rocks are, yet, oh God, not my will, but your perfect and loving will be done. Amen.